Welcome to another podcast in a series of podcasts by final year students at Fashion Business School, London College of Fashion, University Arts London, discuss their findings from completing their final major projects. All Fashion Business School students are required to complete a final major project in their final year, which can take two forms, either a detailed research into a fashion business topic of their choice or the completion of an enterprise business plan. So hi, I'm Jasmine. I'm from the MSc Strategic Fashion Management course at London College of Fashion, Fashion Business School. Hi, I'm Chloe. I'm also, I also study Strategic Fashion Management at London College of Fashion, Fashion Business School. Brilliant. Okay, so thank you both of you for, for joining us today. I just thought it was a fantastic opportunity for you to, to share with us some of the findings from your final major project. And I think what's particularly interesting is that the two of you have looked at uh, technology, um, AR, um, from a, a kind of perspective of, of uh, usage within the industry. So, um, Chloe, perhaps you could uh, just give us the title of your dissertation and maybe give us a brief introduction to what your dissertation uh, covers, please. So my title is Virtually Try On Before You Buy, Is Augmented Reality a Solution to the Fashion Return Problem? So basically I wrote about AR, virtual try-on technology um, in the fashion industry. And for anyone who doesn't know what um, AR is, AR is an immersive technology that allows, a physical world, uh, allows the physical world to be reimagined by overlaying it with virtual elements. So for example, Snapchat filter, Instagram filter, so it takes it takes elements of the real world and then elements of the of the then it takes technology and overlays it with this kind of virtual um, virtual layer. So the purpose of my research was to find out whether augmented reality, uh, whether online fashion re retailers should invest in AR to um, as a tool to reduce return intention. So yeah, that was kind of the the purpose of my research. Great, thank you. So just to sort of uh, elaborate on the AR element, in effect, um, with the kind of uh, possibilities of augmented reality, a customer could try on a virtual dress, I suppose, or try a lipstick colour. Mm -hmm. um, so you're taking the elements of the real world and mixing it with the virtual world. Okay, yes, exactly. Brilliant. Thank you. And uh, Jasmine, would you mind just uh, introducing the title of your final major project, your dissertation, just giving us a brief summary of what you covered. Please. So my dissertation was called Fashion's Unreal Future, and it looked into UK Generation Z's purchase intentions towards mm -hmm. virtual fashion. So if you don't know, virtual fashion is the non-physical fashion garments which are produced through graphical design software programs. And then you can buy these um, digital garments online and then they're edited onto an image of your choice by a virtual tailor. So the project really wanted to see is there really a demand for this kind of product at the moment in the market and should physical fashion companies be investing in this way of working as well and then also see what factors were like driving purchase intent or inhibiting purchase intent. 
So in effect, if a customer was, was investing in uh, virtual fashion, would they physically own this product or would it be a virtual product that they own? It would be a virtual product that they own because it would be a picture. So I guess it would be similar to like the AR kind of look where it's a photo kind of realistic look to the image that you're ended up with. So it looks like you're wearing the virtual garment in real life, but really it's just a digitally edited picture. Okay. So it's about changing your persona, persona and how you look virtually, I suppose. Yeah, very much an online identity focus. Yeah. Okay. So I think what was particularly interesting, one of the reasons why I asked you both to come today was because in effect you were looking at uh, this technology uh, using a use of um, virtual reality and augmented reality from two different perspectives. So uh, Chloe, you were looking at it from the perspective of a business and how actually that could reduce uh, some of the, the returns problem that, that we have within the industry. So um, perhaps you could just uh, sh shed a little bit of light on why, what interested you in this topic? Why did you choose this topic? Yes, so there are actually quite a lot of reasons why I chose this topic. And one of the first reasons is, is, the, is that COVID shifted consumers' behavior and shifted everyone to shopping online. And this was mainly because all the stores were closed and people were not able to visit a store and physically try on um, their fashion garments. So uh, what I found out is that a lot of, a lot of online fashion retailers face these problems of, of consumers returning what they bought online and they didn't really have a replacement for the physical fitting room. So that's how I kind of, in my mind, I, I thought about virtual try-ons and augmented reality. And I thought, what if people could use this technology as a way to try on their, um, their garments online? And I wanted to see whether people, if they're interested in it, in it and if, they, if this can solve um, the, the reasons why they return fashion goods in the first place. And I found out that previous researchers, they found out that uh, that returns can reduce profitability by around 30 to 35%, which is it is a lot. So I thought the current system was really outdated and not efficient. And I thought maybe there is a potential for augmented reality to solve this issue. And next, next to the, the profitability issue that returns bring, there's also another problem, which is that it's really, really harmful for the environment returns because of all the CO2 emissions that it brings. And also what consumers don't realize is that around 30% to 40% of all the products that we return don't go back um, to stock. So they are not being resold again, but they're actually going straight to waste, which is also very uh, damaging for, for the planet. So I think I thought, this topic could be very good for two reasons. One, to, to maximize profitability and to also create a more sustainable uh, future of fashion. Plus it also innovates the customer experience and it's really a new way uh, of shopping for the next generation of customers. Yeah, that's really interesting and, and quite frightening to learn that um, actually returns dents your profitability as a business by so much and COVID, you know, we've, we've heard about the increase in online shopping, but actually with an increase on shopping online, an increase in returns um, is, you know, 
is also is also what we've we've seen in recent months. Um, so um, I'm just going to come back to you in a, a second, Chloe. So uh, Jasmine, just from your perspective, where you're looking at um, whether uh, Generation Z, um, what's their kind of purchase intention towards virtual fashion garments? Um, could you just maybe outline what interests you in this particular topic and and what motivated you to to research into this topic area? Yeah, so from like a personal perspective, I'm really interested in new technologies within fashion. So when I heard about virtual fashion, it was definitely something that intrigued me. And in particular, I quite like the fact that it wasn't defined by the physical realities of the physical world. So the designs can be a lot more imaginative, creative, and a lot more fun. Um, and this can help with online identity expression. And because of COVID, we're spending a lot more time online. So our online image is just becoming ever more important. So for virtual fashion to provide this new creative way to express yourself online, I found it really interesting. And it's also quite an inclusive product because the virtual fashion garment can be edited onto any image. It's really inclusive of genders or disabilities. So it's a really interesting product for the market. As well as that, it's also sustainable. So as it's not made, it's a lot more sustainable than physical fashion. And as sustainability is such a big talking point in the industry at the moment, I thought it'd be a really interesting concept to explore further into. And then after doing a bit more research, I found out that virtual fashion already accounts for 1% of total revenue sales in the fashion industry. And Matthew Drinkwater, who's the head of the Fashion Innovation Agency, predicts that in 15 years, virtual fashion will be commonplace on the market. So with these positive predictions of the sales of virtual fashion, I thought it would be really important to see where the demand is at the moment and understand what would drive sales in this area. And then also in academia, it hadn't been researched before. So I thought it'd be a good pioneering research topic to go further into. So Matthew, drink, drink water is a real av advocate for virtual, uh, <laughs> virtual <laughs> yeah. reality. Uh, fashion he's I've spoken to him a couple of times about his beliefs of how it is going to be very much the future are there any brands out there then at the moment that are are already sort of embarking on um, virtual fashion yeah there's a lot more fashion brand virtual fashion brands out there than you actually think like there's so many once you actually like delve into the concept of virtual fashion there's quite a few so Featured in my dissertation, I've got Tribute Brand, XR Couture, uh, Oros Boros, uh, Dress X, and The Fabricant. And yeah, there's quite, and there's more than that. There's a lot more than that. Um, and their prices range. I mean, I focus more in my dissertation on a general kind of lower end market, I guess, but Fabricant and Orosboros are both couture virtual fashion brands. So their outfits can actually sell for up to £1,000. So, and they're really popular on social media. I don't know the sales behind them, but 
but the brands are really popular on social media so it is like really interesting that there are actually quite a lot of brands out there and the Ouroboros brand is actually backed by the Alexander McQueen Foundation so that one's got a lot of interest through that publicity that way so yeah I definitely recommend looking into it there's a lot more out there than you would think yeah. So you also research the, um, the digital skins that people can buy within games, for example, Louis Vuitton, League of Legends. I did, the, I did my paper last year about gamification in fashion, but I, I wasn't focused on digital skins, but I wrote more about how brands can use gamification to, um, to create brand awareness and to, to kind of attract a new group of customers, young customers, gamers, which is a big, big group. So what I found out, for example, League of Legends, there's so many people that you can attract um, by this game, by using, by selling Louis Vuitton skins within this game. So I was wondering if you also did research about this or you focused on just digital, digital garments in, in general? I focused mainly on digital garments in general, but I did my initial, before I found virtual fashion, it was like within the COVID lockdown and I was looking into how fashion was using gaming and like even like Animal Crossing became really popular with using fashion within that like they were doing fashion catwalks in Animal Crossing which was just crazy like you wouldn't have thought that before COVID would happen but yeah for my dissertation I definitely focused on wearing it for yourself than for an avatar. But I definitely think that was okay. an interesting topic to go down as well. So Chloe, it's interesting that you know you you already had an interest in um, in virtual fashion and sort of uh, you were referring to um, uh, virtual fashion within the, the world of gaming and and the use of uh, of, of skins um, from from brands such as Louis Vuitton, for example. Um, so so did did that influence perhaps your choice of dissertation topic would you say yes because last year i researched a lot about gamification as i as i said i did my paper on that and i also talked with metro drinkwater about it so i was really really interested uh, about technology and fashion but then when i decided to do my dissertation topic i found it i i found it still quite hard to write about digital garments which i think um you might have experienced as well, Jasmine, because there is not a lot of information, especially not academic research about it. And I found that there was a bit more on augmented reality, but it was not researched in, in relation to return intention. So that's why I chose that topic. But yeah, I was definitely also interested in, in digital garments as I see. I, it's funny because I wrote about it last year in January. And it was kind of the start of gamification and in the beginning everyone was a bit like that oh, gaming fashion well and then this year I, I see every week i see a new article coming out on gaming and fashion and digital digital fashion so it's quite funny how how that changed so much also because of covid i think so quickly it's going to be really interesting um the generation that kind of follows generation z generation alpha who are very much growing up in that world of you know, investing in um, various different skins, whether or not that might spark a growth in um, sort of virtual fashion. So Chloe, just from um, the kind of re returns perspective and um, 
AR being used to help try and re reduce the return problems. Are there any companies out there that are currently using this technology to reduce returns? No, so what I found out is that a lot of companies are experiencing with it. So they're using it mainly uh, as a marketing tool. So for example, you have Gucci, um, on Gucci's app, you can you can try on some watches or some jewelry and some shoes, but it's not really with accurate sizing and fitting tools. It's just more as an experience rather than really functional. So I, I, I saw some brands such as, uh, for example, Farfetch, I saw on their website, on their sustainability part, actually, they wrote that they are experiencing with virtual try-ons to reduce returns. But I haven't really seen anyone yet doing it because there is no, there's no, there's not really research to prove yet that it really works. So I think that's why retailers holding back a bit because it's quite a quite a big investment that they have to make. And yeah, they are not. They, there's no data that proves um, that it's actually going to reduce return intention. So that's why they are using it more for marketing uh, rather than really using it to reduce returns. The kind of I suppose it's a bit of a gimmick to attract consumers and create a point yeah. from a marketing perspective. Exactly. And so with your study, um, was your focus looking at a consumer kind of acceptance of um, uh, AR? Was that was that your approach? No. So what I did, I looked at the risks that consumers have when shopping online. And for, for that, I looked at a concept which is called perceived risk. And I looked at perceived product risk. So there are seven different perceived product risks. And I kind of, um, I researched whether the risk in the pre-purchase stage has an influence on returning post-purchase. So for example, if you see a dress online and you're not sure about the size, does that have an influence on you returning it when you receive the item? Or for example, if you see the color, but you're not really sure, or you see the fabric. So what I did is I, I, I did an experiment and I had two groups of people, one group that was um, not introduced to AR and one group that was introduced to AR. Then I, I showed them um, a website. So I, I introduced them to a, like a shopping environment where they could buy a dress. And then I asked them how likely they were about the seven um, perceived risks. For example, how likely, how, how sure are you about the size uh, of this dress or how sure are you about the, the, the color of this dress? And then I asked them how likely they are to return. And then I did the same for the other group uh, who was introduced to AR. So I showed them how AR worked, how this virtual try-on technology, which can accurately uh, measure your body type and creates kind of a um, an avatar of yourself and of your body. And then I asked them this, so I asked these people the same set of questions and I compared the two groups. Um, so one was really didn't have any idea about AR and the other one was introduced and kind of had to assume they could use AR um, when shopping online. And that's how I, how, how I compared the results and, and um, I could see if there, was, if there was a difference in return intention, a difference in risk that they perceive online. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, great. So, so you talk about seven risks, what, uh, and you mentioned color and size. What, what would be the other risks? Yeah, so there was size and fit, appearance on body. Then there was um, fabric, color. Um, <laughs> I forgot. Wait. 
Sorry, I, I only I only remember the ones that actually had a had an impact on return intention because I I, I kind of tested which ones have an effect have a cor correlation with return intention and those ones were size and fit, appearance on body and fabric, and the others didn't have an impact on uh, on return intention so that's why I didn't focus on them I just tested them but wait do you want me to say all the seven risks. No, I just don't worry. It was just if you knew them off off the off the top of your head. Um, so I can I can get them up if you want. Wait, let me see. I've looked at these so many times and I don't know how I forgot. But okay, so the seven risks are there. Are two groups: you have product trial risk and product visual risk. And within the product trial risk, there is size and fit, appearance on body and comfort. And then within the product visual risk, there is style, fabric, color, detail, and match with other items. And match with other items is how does an item, for example, how does your dress look paired with shoes or with, with a vest or something like that. Yeah. And so the idea is, is that you would input your, your measurements into, into the system and that will create an avatar and then you can see actually how the product fits on you uh, and maybe you could accessorize it with with different different other products so you could perhaps see how your product looks with a pair of shoes you might have so in effect it's eliminating those risks that you listed no so actually the the tool that i proposed and that i looked at is called reactive reality it's a virtual try-on platform and it's one of one of the first ones um, who created this technology. And it's actually um, you can you can use your phone and take a picture of, of, of someone else. For example, I stand in front of you and, and it creates uh, a, a, an avatar of you. And it really has an accurate body shape, body size. Everything is exactly the same as you are. And then you just have like your kind of avatar on your phone and you can try on the goods with your avatar, which is which which is like the same as you it's like a representation of yourself but you don't need to put in any measurement details it's, the app does it all itself so that's what i tested i tested this kind of technology if people could use this technology how how would that impact their risk and how would this impact their return intention so actually very user-friendly and very easy to do you're literally just taking was a single image or do you need to take a couple of your, yourself it's kind of more of a video. So you just go, you turn around someone. Um, mm -hmm. So you basically just need someone to take a video of you. And once you've done that once, um, you have your avatar on your phone and you can do anything, anything you want. And you can also place your avatar um, in, in the environment you're in. So you can choose the background. You can even have your avatar next to you if you want. So it's very, uh, it's really, a representation of yourself and that's also one of the very important things of augmented reality because people want to see the real world and not just not just a kind of a fake world in order to to buy their clothes because they they like it when it's more in kind of a gaming environment or more experiential but when they want to buy something and it's functional they really want to see their own they want to see the 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 garment in their own uh, environment gosh <laughs> So um, just just from that experiment and that study, what what was the actual um, findings that you you found from consumers? Do you think 
Do you think it is a way to reduce uh, returns, potentially? Um, were customers accepting of this system and process? Yeah, I actually found out that it really reduced return intention. It was it reduces return intention by 41%. So the group who was introduced to AR was not likely to return, whereas the group who was not introduced to AR was was likely to return the dress that I proposed to them. So it, it's yeah, my study really showed that that AR virtual try-on, if it's if it's used in the right way, can really reduce uh, consumers' risk, but also return intention. And I even found that the risk that consumers have um, in terms of the fabric of the item, it completely disappears when there is AR involved. Um, there is still the size and fit and appearance on body risk, which shows that it's stakeholders that are um, that are developing. Uh, AR tools, they should really prioritize developing accurate size and body fitting characteristics when developing AR. Whereas now they are they are more focused on, on, on creating like a nice or experiential tool, whereas they should really focus on creating the accurate, uh, being able to accurately predict the, the, the body shape and the, the body size of, of a person, because that's one of the main reasons why consumers return their goods. It's all, all because of the size and fit and the appearance on, on their body. Yeah, so the, the challenge that you have when you receive the, the parcel and you try on the clothes and actually it's not how, how you thought it was going to look and, and it doesn't fit how you thought it was going to fit. So, okay. Exactly. Um, so, um, Jasmine, just from your side, uh, so you were looking um, at a, a similar demographic. What are you looking at Generation Z? Um, how, how did you sort of conduct your research? So, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so mine was done via a survey and I think I got 176 responses from it. Um, so mine wasn't an experiment like Chloe's. Mine was just all answering the same questions around virtual fashion. But obviously it's quite a new concept. So there was a lot of imagery and videos mm -hmm. used so that the user, the respondent could really understand what was being asked of them within the survey. And what and what did what did you find? Did you find that um, those that you were interviewing um, were familiar with with this technology or, or was it something quite new to them? Um, I think it was definitely quite new. I think only like 30% knew what virtual fashion was, but that could have been any kind of virtual fashion they were asked, when they were asked about that question, that could have been any type of virtual fashion, not precisely what I was researching into. So it's definitely quite a new concept to the people being asked about virtual fashion. And yeah, the results weren't as positive as Chloe's were. But I suppose, I suppose it's technology, but slightly different from um, using AR to try and reduce returns because this virtual fashion is, is actually um, not on an avatar, is it? It's on the individual, is that right? Yeah, it's on your individual self. So the image is, so the virtual garment is bought online and mm. then a virtual tailor takes your image that you've submitted 
and personally edit it onto your body um, to make it a perfect fit. So unlike an AR filter, which would be not exactly to your body, whilst this one is exactly rendered to your body shape. So it should be a perfect fit. It's almost like a couture outfit, I guess, if you were going to buy a physical one, but a virtual alternative. So from from your study, what, what, what do you think is preventing um, customers from sort of buying into virtual fashion? It was definitely the price. That was the biggest inhibitor to the purchase intention. And I think when you look at the price at the moment, it's £28 on average for a virtual top or a virtual trouser. But you can only wear that item once in one image. So cost per wear, you're definitely going to get more value out of a physical item than a virtual mm -hmm. item. And I think because people just don't want to spend as much on a virtual garment than a physical garment, especially if you can only wear it the one time. And like Chloe's given an example of AR being used as like a marketing tactic. I think people just kind of expect those kind of feel like the virtual reality kind of filters. They kind of see that as free and they could probably get that from somewhere else. So even though this is like individually tailored to your own body, I don't know how much of a benefit that is being seen from the customer's perspective when you can just get these AR filters on social media instantly within a click um, edited onto yourself. Yeah, because it's interesting because there are there are there are individuals, you know, generation Z and generation <laughs> alpha that are prepared to to pay for a skin in the gaming industry, aren't they? But mm. probably not as much as as they're expected to pay for the couture. But the skins are not tailor-made, are they? So maybe the acceptance is there, but perhaps as you say, it is a yeah yeah and i think like with virtual avatars you kind of get to wear it more than once like this is just one image you're getting back at the end of the day so and i think there was definitely a, there was concerns of the performance risk like if you're just getting one image back if that image isn't exactly how you wanted and you can't return the virtual garment either so there's a lot of factors which kind of layer up on top of each other that is stopping people from buying, but definitely price was definitely the main one because when I asked the, at the end of the survey, I just did an experiment where I asked them if you were offered on a subscription-based service, three virtual tops and three trousers, would you be willing to pay and how much would you be willing to pay? And 60% of respondents were willing to pay an amount. So they were willing to pay I think it worked out like a sixth of what prices are now. So there is like, people would actually pay for it, but at a way cheaper cost. And yeah. And I think cause Gucci released some virtual trainers recently and you can buy them for, I think 11 pounds it was or $11. And that was on a filter on their app. So the fact that you could wear that multiple times I think looking into like other business models for virtual fashion, which reduce costs, like using a filter would be beneficial and you would see more of a demand than the current business model for them. Really interesting. So, so 
Sorry. I think people also are going to start using um, digital garments more when everyone gets more used to kind of the virtual reality glasses. Because, for example, my my friend, she bought the, I don't know if you've seen those, but the, the Facebook VR glasses. Yeah. And when you wear them, you can play games and you're like in a, in a completely different world. And what they're even doing now is that they're launching meetings with people and companies now where you can see yourself in the meeting room presenting with the glasses on and you can see your 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 colleagues or your your um, classmates around you sitting there. So I think this could be a very good way. For example, me, if I would be in this room and I could wear a nice Gucci outfit for mm -hmm. uh, pounds, I would buy it because other people would see me as well. And I think this is going to be uh, where the future of, of digital garments can go. As, as the virtual world develops and grows and expands. Um, Jasmine mentioned, you mentioned quite a bit about cost there. Chloe, from, from your perspective, from, from actually um, using AR um, within businesses to, to try and reduce uh, returns, is, is that expensive to implement um, across a business? It is still quite expensive to implement, especially when you want to implement it in the right way and have the have accurate uh, body size and fitting tools. So it's still quite expensive, but it's um, it's changing every month. There's there's more tools available, and this is becoming less um, expensive um, every month, basically. But I think when the cost that 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 retailers have um, caused by returns, which is 30% of their profits is, is lost by, by returns. This cost that they have, they can use it to, um, to implement AR. So that's, I did some research about it and then I came up with a, with a conclusion, which was that retailers can spend 12% of their uh, gross profit uh, budgeted from the reduced cost of product returns after implement AR implementation. So in that way, they can kind of use the, the use this to to implement AR. And I think um, also if fashion brands are are they have to be they have to be pioneers in this. And it's in the beginning, it's not going to be perfect. But if they try to 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 do it now and be one one of the first ones and work together with technology uh, technologies companies to develop the right tool, it could be very beneficial. As I as I found that people are really interested in it and it it really reduces their risk and their return intention. It's really reassuring to hear that um, you know customers are are willing to sort of uh, use tech. Um, from, from your perspective, even though there's perhaps that resistance from, from the perspective of, of buying uh, virtual virtual fashion, there is, it's, it's not a fear of technology, it's actually more, um, as Jasmine, you quite, uh, you outlined was, you know, perhaps more about the actual concept and the business model. So um, it's really refreshing to hear that, you know, fashion consumers are, are quite accepting of, of technology. Um, so, so both of you've just graduated, so congratulations. But uh, Chloe, where to go from here? Are you going to, to, to you know, will you implement your learnings into your uh, future career path or have any intentions, what you'd like to do with your findings and your research? Yeah, so I think I'm, I'm really interested in, in trying to integrate tech more into the fashion industry, because as I said, a lot of 
a lot of stuff in the fashion industry is quite outdated and a lot of a lot is not efficient yet and optimized yet so i think technology could really help us to create a more sustainable and efficient efficient fashion industry so yeah i think in the future i i would love to work um in this kind of um field and maybe in like fashion fashion and technology strategy or work for a a fashion company that really has tech at the forefront of their of their strategy that's really interesting and 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 jasmine from from your side um any thoughts on potentially what 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 you would like to do with uh, your research findings? Um, like Chloe said, I'm just like really interested in fashion and tech. So if I got any collaborations to work on something around virtual fashion, I'd be really interested to still develop into the idea. Because I do think there is something there. And even if it is just a really niche market, there is definitely, if you've got the customer, they are definitely willing to pay for the money. And um, yeah, just going forward, I'm interested in technology and I'm also interested in data and using data to make business decisions. So ideally I wanna go into like a data field of work, but if that could be based around new ideas, like Chloe's done in her AR technology, she's seen that there is definitely potential profit savings there. I would definitely wanna go into a career like that where they use data to make business changes around either technology or just other fashion business changes to innovate the industry. It's really interesting is because technology often comes with a high price ticket, but I think I think investment can can result in long term savings. And, um, you know, the the use of uh, of technology, um, as both of you um, presented, can actually result in more sustainable kind of ways of working um, and as a fashion industry you know we need to be looking to more sustainable processes and practices so thank you both of you for today um, for sharing your um, insights into your findings from uh, conducting your research into your final major projects